you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And you know what? We got to scout the Kentucky Wildcats, of course, before tonight's ball game. But you know what? I also teased something that I did not pay off. I wanted to give you an update on a Mizzou transfer from the basketball team and a couple recruits tell you how their college careers are progressing so far. So we'll definitely do both of those things today. But you know what? Let's lead off with some football. It is signing day number two around the country and well again this used to be the big one but now that there's the early signing period sure seems like the vast majority of your players are going to be signing then certainly that was the case for Mizzou and only one guy so far has been signed at least well I guess that we're surprised about right and that's BJ Harris Chattanooga running back Actually, I shouldn't even say we were surprised. Just there may have been somewhat of doubt because B.J. Harris, maybe somewhat surprisingly, didn't sign in the early signing period. But you know what? Here he is officially in the fold. And as explained previously, I'm, I'm happy to see this just for the running back depth in general. And as per usual, I did venture out into the world of huddle highlights of high school football players and you know what before I get to my thoughts specifically on BJ Harris just generally here just so we're all aware these segments where I look at a high five minutes worth of a high school football players highlights often his personally selected highlights or certainly by I don't know his mom and dad or whoever is editing these things certainly always take these segments with a grain of salt. I try to make them entertaining. I really do. They should give you a little bit of an idea of what type of player these guys are, but you know what? Let's just say, enjoy these high school player segments and judge me on my takes about actual Mizzou football and basketball games. But you know what? Getting to B.J. Harris, he really fits the Eli Drinkwitz mold of yet another physical player, really a punishing running back at times. Guy broke a ton of tackles in his junior season highlights, but certainly he's got plenty of speed, too. He broke away from plenty of defenders at the high school level anyway, let's put it that way. And But again, what really stood out is the fact that Mr. Harris certainly not content to run out of bounds whatsoever. You'd see him 30, 40 yards downfield running down the sideline, still looking back to cut inside when the opportunity presented itself, and he did it quite successfully. You can see why he wanted to keep running and why he wasn't content to run out of bounds because, again, just breaking tons and tons of tackles, at least at the high school level. You know, watching this kid run the football, it kind of reminded me why Eli Drinkwitz, among Larry Roundtree's very favorable personal characteristics, certainly as a football player, the physical punishing type runner that he that he is, you can certainly why you can certainly see why Larry Roundtree fits the mold. And you know what, B.J. Harris reminded me of Roundtree just a little bit, and again, the very limited highlights that I was able to see. Also, some fairly significant news that just 
broke on my Twitter feed from Dave Matter of the Post-Dispatch. No more Little Rock. Yes, that's right. War Memorial War Memorial Stadium, easy for me to say, is now in the rearview mirror for the Tigers for at least the next couple seasons. We're going to travel to Fayetteville, Arkansas, instead of Little Rock this season for 2021 and 2023. Frankly, I'm a little bit relieved because the reputation for War Memorial Stadium is that their turf is just basically rock hard and nobody actually enjoys playing there. So to me, I'd much rather see the game. If I was going to travel down to a game for Arkansas, which I never have, Little Rock doesn't have that much appeal to me. I, I just, I'm much more interested in actually traveling to the campus site. So give me Fayetteville over Little Rock all day. I think this is positive news. Now yesterday, when I promised to take a look at how some former Mizzou recruits and one transfer was doing so far in college basketball this season. Well, what really got me thinking was that one transfer. And that's Trey Jackson, who transferred to Seton Hall this offseason. Obviously, if you're a big listener of this program, you'll be well aware of this. But to you new listeners, I was a big fan of Trey Jackson, and so was my frequent co-host Blake Stark. We just liked his upside, his athleticism, and he showed enough flashes to the point where I thought, especially in what was a more or less lost season for the Tigers last year, I just would have liked to have seen Jackson get more minutes, get more of an opportunity to frankly shake off whatever freshman jitters or just freshman lessons that need to be learned. Well, I just didn't see a lot of lessons being learned because it's hard to learn lessons when you're sitting on the bench. That was my main beef with the Trey Jackson situation last year. But you know what? So far, not a lot to show for Trey Jackson's production in Seton Hall. Now, to be fair to him, he only became eligible for the Hall on December 16th, so just about a month and a half ago. So far, only... Jackson's only appeared in three games and scored a total of four points. So, so far, you know, we'll see what happens. Obviously, this is going to be a free year eligibility-wise for Trey Jackson and everybody else. So he's certainly got plenty of time. He'll still be a sophomore next year. Certainly plenty of time to turn it around. But so far, it's looking like Conzo Martin was right and I was wrong. And also, there were two high school players that Missouri missed out on. Both of them went to prominent schools, and one of them is in fact at the University of Kentucky. So you know what I want to tell you about both of those guys, but first a word from Built Bar. And you know what? I told you guys the other day that I was going to load up on maybe half a Built Bar before I went and shot hoops down at Wilson's Gymnasium. Well, I'll tell you, it worked out fantastically. My energy level was great. And frankly, after my warm-up period, after my first 5-10 minutes, which always goes poorly for me, I was on absolute fire from all ranges, the mid-range, the three-point line, inside. And frankly, I have it all. I have Built Bar to thank for it all. Because guess what? If you want to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a, del- in a delicious treat, Built Bar is the chocolate bar for you. They're low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, and high in fiber, and plenty of varieties to choose from. Whatever tastes you have, Built Bar surely has one for you. So go to builtbar.com, 
Use the promo code Locked On for 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And if you'd like to hear from a bunch of different voices throughout this great Locked On podcast network, well, you should definitely check out Locked On today and subscribe, rate, and review on it. Under 20 minutes every single day, you'll get all the sports news you need from various commentators throughout the Locked On Podcast Network, of course, hosted by Peter Bukowski. So again, subscribe to Locked On today, wherever you get your podcasts. Now, EJ Liddell, who's from Bellevue, Illinois, not always thought of necessarily as a miss for Conzo Martin, quite as heavily as some of the Missouri guys, but certainly Bellevue is a part of his stomping grounds, East St. Louis, Illinois, not exactly a long way from there. Certainly a guy Missouri wanted, certainly a guy that Conzo wanted. Well, in his sophomore season, he's had a bit of a breakout for sure, averaging 15 points a game for the Ohio State Buckeyes. So certainly Liddell would have been a nice piece on this particular roster. But you know what? Another guy that, frankly, I I spent a lot more time focusing on this past season was Cameron Fletcher from St. Louis. Now, the deal with Fletcher is he sort of semi-famously, you heard about this on this podcast, has not played since December 19th. And in fact, John Calipari told him to go home at one point. Now, he's back on the roster. He should be dressed out tonight. But again, he hasn't played in over a month. So I wouldn't exactly expect to see Cameron Fletcher out there tonight. Now, I was going to say, please don't Ryan Robertson, this kid. Listen, Ryan Robertson went to Kansas. He he does, he knew what he was getting into when he did that coming back to Columbia. So he deserved to be booed every time he touched the ball, gosh, 20, 25 years ago at this point. Cameron Fletcher, you know what? If that kid wants to go to Kentucky, good for him. Let's not Let's not pile on Mizzou fans. But speaking of Kentucky, let's start scouting those Wildcats. And you know what? According to Mizzou historian Tom Orff, on this day three years ago, Missouri beat the Wildcats, the 21st-ranked Kentucky Wildcats, 69-nice to 60 with 16 points from Cassius Robertson and Jordan Barnett. So, hey, that's a nice note, right? Maybe a little bit of karma going Mizzou's way there, considering it's the exact same date. But you know what? Obviously, this has not been the best season for Kentucky so far. And obviously, their offense has probably been the biggest problem, right? No small part of that is, well, they're missing one of their best players. Terrence Clark, been out for a while with a leg injury. I don't expect to see him tonight. And certainly, anytime one of your best players goes down with an injury Missouri knows what this is all about right it's just hard to replace those guys even at a place like Kentucky this isn't football this isn't Alabama football more specifically that might be a good proxy there to Kentucky well you know sure John Calipari will get three to four maybe five five star four star type players with each class but then he still has to fill in the gaps with other players. Like, for instance, Olivier Saar, who is a senior graduate transfer from Wake Forest. Now, when you watch Kentucky play, at least for me, 
Olivier Saar is a guy who immediately jumps off the page because he's a really tall, lanky guy with a lot of obvious skills, and he moves well. Most of all, he's he's a pretty smooth moving guy, and that's always something you want to look for in a big guy, in my humble opinion. But it's also fair to say that he might be a little bit too passive on the offensive end of the court. For a guy with that size, with that skill set, he should probably be more aggressive trying to get into the paint and just look for his shot more in general. Now, Sar's backup, Isaiah Jackson, is actually one of the absolute best statistically speaking, rebounders and shot blockers in the entire country. And you can definitely see it jump out on film. Again, Jackson, not as good of an offensive player, certainly doesn't have SAR's skill set, but he also moves really, really well too. And just to give you an idea of what kind of shot blocker Jackson is, I was watching the Alabama game from about a week ago, and they said the announcer said that Jackson actually has a better block percentage than Anthony Davis did his one year at Kentucky. Now, that kind of blew my mind, to be honest with you, because Anthony Davis might be the best shot blocker I've seen in college basketball ever. I I don't know that I've seen a better shot blocker in my time watching the sport, quite honestly. I didn't see Bill Russell, so forgive me, Dad, for, for omitting him. But considering Kentucky's struggles from the outside, If anything, Kentucky's probably a worse outside shooting team than Missouri. I would be really tempted, if I'm John Calipari, to play Olivier Saar and Isaiah Jackson more together. Because in my opinion, your spacing offensively is terrible anyway. So why not double down on what you're good at? And that's defense. And by the way, on the offensive end of the court, it may not be quite as awkward of a fit as it may look at first because Sar kind of likes to float around the mid-range part of the court anyway. Maybe you can get some high-low action going offensively between those two. But to me, again, this is, this is the worrisome part about this matchup to me. I've mentioned this about Missouri several times, but it certainly remains true for this Kentucky matchup. I'm really worried that their shot blockers, particularly Sard and even more so Jackson, are going to give us problems. And even guys like B.J. Boston in the backcourt have plenty of length to be able to guard and bother shots at the rim. And I do have more about this Kentucky ball club, including how B.J. Boston is doing after he turned his ankle during their previous game. But first, let's talk a little Super Bowl Thanks to our friends at betonline.ag. Looks like that line is really holding steady. Nice number there, odds makers. Kansas City Chiefs giving three points. Tampa plus three on the money line. You can get plus 148 if you want to bet on the GOAT, quote-unquote Tom Brady. Or you can bet on the kid, as Nate Burleson called him. Either way, the smart move is to sign up for a free account at betonline.ag. And be sure to use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code Locked On to receive 50% on your top of your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And yes, go Chiefs. 
Betting on college football doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked on Bets, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Now, B.J. Boston, who I mentioned early, probably the headliner for Kentucky, either him or Terrence Clark, who's been out with that leg injury. But Boston certainly has the body. He's certainly got a look of a guy who should be a really fine basketball player for sure. He's six foot seven, 185 pounds, more of a perimeter-oriented guy, has a good handle, all that good stuff. But you know what? He's been a pretty inefficient score so far this season. I'm just wondering that, gosh, with the lack of spacing, the lack of shooting that Kentucky has on this roster, I just wonder if it's tough for a kid, a young kid like him who has very little experience. It's got to be tough to sort of find his way on what was expected to be a really good ball club, but a, a team that's really struggling to score right now. Now, obviously, Kentucky's previous game was postponed and or canceled so it's been eight days since they've played but I'd say BJ Boston has got to be the one guy who's pretty happy about that twisted his own ankle on a weird on a cut you know he didn't even land on anybody's foot or anything just one of those strange plays where your foot just gets caught the wrong way didn't look like the worst it looked like maybe a half ankle turn instead of a full ankle turn where your ankle bone practically hits the floor, if that makes sense. Looked a little gimpy first half, but I thought he played okay, looked okay physically during the second half. So certainly expect him to play and, and look just fine. But really the guard I was most impressed with during that Alabama game was Davion Mintz. And especially offensively, he's just got a nice – A good start and stop kind of dribble game. I love guys who know how to change speeds because if you don't have top-end speed, if you're not Xavier Pinson, well, learn how to throw, learn how to be a a change-up type pitcher, in other words. I feel like Jim Ross of wrestling fame. I'm going to make a bad baseball analogy right now. But seriously, if you can't throw 99 miles an hour, well, if you can throw it 89, but your changeup is a 15-mile-an-hour difference, well, suddenly that fastball looks a lot different with that effective changeup. And the same is true of dribble penetration. If you're able to kind of lull people to sleep, well, your first, your first step suddenly looks a lot quicker. And on top of that, Mintz, who is a point guard, certainly a point guard-sized player, he's really explosive for somebody his size, really good block shot, on one end and then a and, and then a tip in on the other end at a really crucial moment in this ball game. Of course, the Crimson Tide go on to win anyway and remain undefeated in SEC play. And speaking of those Crimson Tide, well, Missouri has them this coming Saturday, so you might be wondering, gosh, could this possibly be a letdown game where Missouri is looking forward to Alabama? Well, fortunately, this is where those Kentucky Wildcat jerseys and that name and John Calipari's presence on the sidelines, I imagine would wake up any 21-year-old kid. I just don't see human nature creeping in, at least in a negative way. In fact, it probably creeps in in a positive way for Missouri. I don't think you can help but bring your A game 
when somebody like John Calipari is on the sidelines, you're playing a blue blood program like Kentucky, despite the fact that they're down a little bit this year. I, I fully expect a good effort by Missouri tonight. And you know what? In that vein, I could also see Kentucky, considering these kids, knowing human nature like how I know it, they just played Alabama. That was a game they really, really got up for and couldn't get it done. Could there be some possible letdown for the Wildcats? Yeah, I could see it. So, you know what? Give me a Missouri victory tonight, especially if Dante Allen, one of their only, maybe their only good shooter on the whole team, but a guy who has experience for Kentucky, really won him a game at one point, one of their five victories on the season off the bench. Doesn't play a ton, but he's by far their best shooter. If Missouri is able to contain him off the bench, if able to just slow him down, that should bode well. And frankly, as much as I'd love to see another 102-98 ball game, I'm expecting this one to be in the 60s or the 50s, just based on how these two teams match up. So with all that being said, let's see if I'm right. And I will certainly be there to either eat crow or brag about my usual brilliance on a post-game show later tonight featuring this Missouri-Kentucky basketball game. So until then, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.